Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. It's Marianne Live. It's Marianne Camarado. I'm so glad you're here, uh, especially if you're over 45. Okay, I'm not being um, a separatist. I include everyone, every age, from every walk of sentient life. But today in particular, we're going to be talking about what we used to call middle life or uh, midlife, as they say. Barbara Waxman is joining us. She's going to be with us this hour talking about her new book, Middle Essence, and uh, we're going to get into that in a, a little while. So stay tuned for this hour's show. You don't want to miss it. Um, before we get started, what I like to do at the beginning of every hour is arrive. The invitation to turn your attention inwards and find your breath, yeah, arriving so you can be present fully and receive Barbara's presence. And a real easy way to do that is to find your breath. Notice where it is in your body. Notice how your breath is breathing you. Notice if it's in your belly or your chest. And then, if it feels right, just deepening that breath a little bit. And you might also notice your nervous system start to calm as you arrive and come more fully into your embodied self. We've got so much going on that we are juggling, and transitions seem to happen at light speed. So it's nice to just give yourself a moment to get here, and we'll wait for you. That's part of our practice here at Marianne Live. We do real life stuff so we can be together and get what we need together. So as you're breathing in and out, noticing that you're landing or arriving, if you're moving down the freeway or you're on a walk, no worries. Breath is good there, too. <laughs> Next thing we like to do is um, adjust our attitude a little bit. If we're already feeling grateful, perfect. We're just going to get more grateful. If not, we hadn't considered our gratitude list today, we can go ahead and do that. One of the ways that I like to invite you to do that is to consider who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now. If you're holding an electronic device, you know, if you're looking at what you're wearing today, what you're driving, the shoes on your feet, the food in your belly, just back that up a little bit to the one, ten, hundred, thousands of people who participated in helping you do what you're doing. And see if you can expand a little bit, shifting that perspective. Yeah, that is not easy. 
for a lot of us who have a lot on our plate. Yeah, there's all kinds of things we're all juggling. So stretching to include gratitude is is no easy feat, but it is a a really important invitation. So should you choose to accept it, keep going down your list. I'm going to go down the list of folks who make this program possible, starting with the One World Children's Fund.org, if you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. At the national level, we're sponsored by the National Action Organization, committed to changing the way our culture values each other. Check them out online, naction.org. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And at the local level, we've uh, had the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, uh, being a sponsor of ours for the last almost 11 years this April. Check them out online as well. And if you're in Northern California and you like books the way I love books, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. All right, well, that completes it for me. I don't know where you're at with your breath and gratitude, but letting that expand to include our guest today and our subject, Middle Essence. Barbara Waxman is joining us. She's written a book called Middle Essence Manifesto. It's actually a manifesto. Um, She's going to talk about what that means and uh, what we all can really do about shifting the way we look at midlife um, into a more positive or holistic way of embracing this this period of life that we're some of us are going through. A whole bunch of baby boomers as well. Millions of baby boomers are uh, facing this uh, period of their life as well. Well, Barbara, our guest today, is a nationally known executive and life coach working with, as she calls it, adults, midlife, and better. She's a social entrepreneur committed to enhancing leadership by better enabling people to understand that at midlife we aren't on a downhill slope, but rather at the top of the hill with the perspective to see far and wide and the vitality to create change in and around ourselves. Barbara has just published the Middle Essence Manifesto in order to better inform people about the potential that awaits us. And she's joining us today to talk about midlife, redefining midlife, the future decline and potential disability, a time to worry about being over the hill. The truth is, she says, people between the ages of 45 and 65 are at the top of the hill, like I said, with a life expectancy of nearly 80 years, and many of us will live even longer. Yet our thinking about age is stuck, she says, in a paradigm from the last century. Middle essence is, however, a new life stage filled with potential, vitality, and purpose. And she's joining us today to talk about that and how to make that shift together. Welcome to the program, Barbara. We're so glad you're here. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Well, this is a big deal uh, and marked all over uh, Western culture, punctuated this midlife uh, with lore, uh, humor, uh, degradation, and the rest, right? This is, this is a subject that has so many social memes attached to it that, that we, we could unpack those uh, for the rest of the show. But let's just touch on how it is that you found or came to find this, this subject matter of midlife and, and uh, you know, what possessed you to want to shift the way that we view it? Great, great beginning question. And by the way, I really loved in your introduction how you talked about we go through transitions at light speed 
and sometimes it's hard to catch up with ourselves. I think that one statement you made is at the very root of the problem that we face that causes so much suffering uh, around what it means to be an adult. It's, it's not an aspiration a lot of people in our culture have in the United States. It's we want to look uh, like we're just before firmly being planted in adulthood for as long as possible. And, you know, after a certain point, that doesn't work so well cosmetically, figuratively, doesn't help us because it holds us back from unearthing the wisdom that we've gleaned from all of our life experiences. And your statement about we go through transitions at light speed really speaks to that. So part of middle essence and how I came to this work has to do with recognizing that there's suffering. There's suffering uh, as a result of people's not knowing that just because we are a certain chronological age doesn't mean we're done growing up. And as a gerontologist, I understand that adult development is exciting and real and continues. As a coach, I've got the tools that I've developed to help people do just that. Mm -hmm. So that's really what brought me uh, to the work. And uh, there are very few, if any, master's-level gerontologists and coaches, uh, that combination in the country. So yeah. in that way, I really feel like I'm able to make a difference. And you've got a unique perspective that so many of us crave but wouldn't even know what to look for. We're so glad you came forward and are helping name. That's part of what your work does is it's naming something that's uh, implicit and you're trying to make that explicit for us, at least from my perspective. And one of the ways that I see that you did that um, is by the way you put it, is noticing these patterns. You said over the years in your book that you just published, the Middle Essence Manifesto, that you've been working with all these uh, folks from high-level executives to, you know, uh, folks who are just trying to make transitions in their lives, wherever they are on the spectrum of success, right? But you, st you saw these patterns begin to emerge. Can you talk about that? Yes. Regardless of whether people had high-profile jobs or were homemakers or unsure of where they fit, regardless of whether they had financial resources or were struggling to make ends meet, regardless of whether they were men or women transitioning careers or deeply embedded in running their own company or family system, I found some common threads. One, clients of mine are so busy, and by the way, busy is a four-letter word. It doesn't mean engaged. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's different. Uh, so they've been so busy with the stuff of life, not necessarily the, the engagement that they want in life, that they aren't sure who they are or how they want to show up and what their purpose is. So that's one thing that I noticed. Another is that they felt they should be a certain way at this age. So there are a lot of preconceived ideas of what it means to be a grown-up, which, you know, it, it, in answer to your first question, no one really wants to be a grown-up. And I'm here to change that because, actually, it is awesome. We yeah. still have this vitality that you mentioned. And if we can get clear about the leadership we want to have over our lives, our families, our communities, and the world, 
and boy, is that sorely needed. We're the ones to do it. Yeah, absolutely, Barbara. And when I was reading your book, I was thinking about, as a psychologist, uh, the developmental stages that so many of us have either heard about or maybe you took a psych class in school, right, Erickson's developmental stages. And when you get up around to the 40s, it sort of gets lumped into this one stage, and like, a, like we were saying at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, midlife. You know, nobody's really unpacked that except you say to associate this stage of life with a kind of deterioration, a lot of toxic thinking, ageism, sexism, um, you know, body image distortion, the breakdown of life as we knew it, right? It's sort of like the worst possible stage to be in, so we don't talk about it. And you're, you're here to champion, like, wait, wait, wait. No, that's not entirely true. So you're calling, you're renaming this stage of life, correct, middle essence. So when we name something, we have a relationship with it more easily when it was, than when it's a free-floating uh, idea out there. So when you think of, and if I say, oh, do you remember when you were an adolescent? You immediately get a hit, right? Yep. Similarly, right now, if you say, oh, you know when you're middle-aged, the hit is either it's a no-man's land or some sort of snide remark, or people aren't sure. By naming and framing the truth, which is, and here's the definition, it's a transitional period, a transitional period, meaning it's a time of change. It's between about 45 and 65-ish. Here's what it's marked by, an increased desire to find or create greater meaning, greater impact, and a shifting sense of ambition in one's life. Mm. It's accompanied by physical, let's face it, our bodies are morphing, uh, social and economic changes, and it's a turning point from which adults continue to develop and grow. This is a life stage created by the increased longevity patterns just in the last 100 years. This is why I'm naming it now. We've grown in terms of our life expectancy exponentially when you look at the history of people, and we just haven't caught up with that reality. So naming middle lessons will catch us up to the truth. Yeah, beautiful. And, and the other thing I'd like you to talk about, Barbara, as we continue to um, really do forensics on some of this language, right? You know, sometimes we, you, you say a, a term like midlife, and we think we know what that means. And worse, we feel sort of like, what choice do we have? So I love that you're like saying to us, basically, no, let's, let's unpack this and let's look at what's really happening and let's um, redefine uh, this stage of life, which, by the way, 20-year period, big stage, big transition, can look a lot of different ways. Uh, but one of the things that, that I find uh, interesting is that you talk about, number one, that you call one of the biggest health crises um, that we could be going through right now is social isolation. I'd like to talk about how that's related to what we would have called midlife crisis. Are those two things related, and how do you, how would you like to reframe that? Okay, so let me unpack that because let me take the second part first, the midlife crisis um, issue, because the truth is the midlife crisis 
uh, the truth is, it's a fallacy. If you ask people who are creating turbulence in perhaps their lives and the lives of those people who are invested in how they show up, they'll say, the other people, it's a crisis. The individual making the change is most likely to say, you know what, it was time for me to stand up for who I really am and who I want to be. I'm not in crisis. I've just gotten really clear. So there have been studies done. This isn't just my qualitative experience working with hundreds of people. It's surveys have been done asking people, and the fact is midlife isn't a crisis. It is a time of transition. So that's kind of why I wanted to separate the answer out. Mm -hmm. The first very important part of your question, which is I do say I think our number one health crisis has to do with social isolation. Um, It's a particularly interesting question at this moment when there's more, I would say, anger, strife, fear, and let's face it, hate, than there has been in a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time we're middle-essence, we know that our success depends not only upon our being so cool, so informed. It's not only that. We know that our success depends upon our knowing, loving, and befriending ourselves and our ability to connect with other people with whom we can share values, motivations, and an inspiration to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, so theoretically... We've done some brush strokes here. We've got the broad picture. We're, we're redefining. Your, your work is attempting to redefine this midlife point. Um, let's drop down into some practical, um, maybe some stories, um, some uh, a little bit more granulated uh, ideas around what this actually means. Because here's the thing. When you say midlife, and we don't have a real sense of middle essence yet because we're going to get into that as the show goes on. When you say midlife, most of us think of somebody buying a Porsche, uh, you know, selling the ranch, uh, having an affair, all of these things that you say uh, are uh, a transition time, but yet usually how that manifests is in this radical behavior uh, that most of us, um, I don't know, um, just sort of take or, or uh, have a negative spin on. You know, we sort of talked a little bit about that, but can, can you tell us some, some of these patterns, highlight some of these patterns with your clients uh, uh, you know, so we can sort of sure. see, yeah, where we're at with this? Mm-hmm. So there's Terry. I'll tell you Terry's story. He came to see me. He was a financial services executive, had been in that world for a couple of decades, Uh, And I saw him a number of years ago when it was a really tough time in his industry. And he was just beaten up, and he was done. However, it was the only thing he knew. At the same time, his wife had left him. And he was bereft and, in retrospect, felt he should have seen it coming, but here he was. So he was lost and felt so stuck because he thought, at my age, this shouldn't be happening. Things should have been just coming together. How do I really figure it out? <clears throat> so first what we did was, is we unpacked it and we said, things like this happen in midlife because we no longer live a, according to rules. <clears throat> Excuse me, about a chronological number. It's the stage you're in. And the stage you're in is you're not happy at work and there's some message being sent to you 
around how you've shown up in your relationships. So he recognized that he needed to learn and step back in doing so before he could move forward. In, in doing that, he rediscovered his passion from childhood around air flight and planes and made a daring choice to leave what he knew and go back and, long story short, he's newly married and now has a Cessna dealership. Wow, beautiful. Hold that thought, Barbara. We're going to be back right after these messages, everybody. Sit tight. Good questions to ask yourself. What stage of life are you in? What resources do you have? You need a copy of this Middle Lessons Manifesto. Back in just a minute more with Barbara Waxman when we return. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Drama Drama for us. Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody, welcome back to Marianne Life. You know, a lot of folks are saying if we didn't know better, the United States is itself an archetype of middle essence, right? We are leaving adolescence 
as a nation moving into middle essence maybe a midlife crisis perhaps i don't know i i'm just hearing these things i love barbara waxman who's joining us right now if if barbara if you could speak into that this changing cultural climate this really intense transition that people are feeling around the globe how we can navigate you know sometimes we get lost in what's happening out there in life and uh, with our own personal transition, how do we hold the paradox here? And how is midlife a way to, um, I don't know, maybe feel shored up or better resourced for such big transitions in a culture like we're going through? Yes. Wow. I love what you just said, which I had not thought of in this way, that in some ways uh, the midlife crisis, which I denounced on a personal uh, level for individuals, we're supposed to struggle and we're supposed to go through shifts. So that's why I typically don't like calling it a crisis because yeah. it's a developmental uh, thing that happens. Yep. But what I think about in the way you're talking, uh, we are going through a midlife crisis as a country. <laughs> yeah. You're so right on. And people who are middle essence, and there are about 83 million of us right now, not about boomers, it's not about Gen X or any of that. It is like a second adolescence, a time of change in many ways, but with wisdom, about 83 million of us, and we're here, we're the leaders of, of our families, ourselves, our country. Yeah. People tend to be in this 45 to 65 or 70-year-old age bracket, so what are we going to do? Right. Stand on the sidelines. I've been working with so many people who are so upset right now with where our country is uh, and concerned on all sides of the political spectrum, yeah. by the way. It doesn't have to be what kind of supporter you've been if people are in a state of flux. Yeah. So in the middle essence, I think it is up to us not to let fear hold us back from engaging in making the best of what we have to offer to contribute to a better future for all of us. Yeah, that's where we're at, and I think that's the opportunity. Yeah, I, I really felt that when I was reading your book uh, and kind of dropping into the undercurrent, the thing that, like you just said, that wasn't necessarily being spelled out, but that's the, the beauty of middle essence for me is a reframing it that it's not a bad thing that it's punctuated by lots of change like you said in transition but one of the most beautiful things about maturity which is another you know it's not a four letter word but it's not a word we love is maturity gives you power it gives you depth breadth it gives you a kind of creativity and an ability to recreate Things like what's happening on the planet. Now, I don't know about you, Barbara. You've probably been noticing this trend, but a lot of folks who are reinventing themselves or shifting relationships or jobs or whatever are now taking on a more we mentality, right? They're letting go of some of the sort of self-centered ways that we, you know, are necessary in development through adolescence and becoming more we-focused. So maybe decisions we made early on that were more self-centered are now more other-centered. What do you think about that? I think that middle essence uh, individuals, that's with a TS, so the person who's going through as a middle essence, we come in all walks, shapes, and colors. For some people whose stages before this have been about giving to others, they've been going to work every day to support their family, they've been 
at home working to run their households, they've been so engaged in the stage and flavor of supporting others that for many people it's time for them to kind of focus on themselves so they can figure out what they want to be doing in the next stage. Mm. And I encourage people feeling that way, feeling like I've been for others, in fact, for so long. Yeah. How do I figure out who I want to be so then I can tr- transition towards, Marianne, what you were just saying, the we again. But I encourage people to repot, to think about themselves like a plant. We all have deeply embedded roots and root systems, and sometimes it's uncomfortable to pull up our roots enough. It could be root-bound thinking. You don't physically need to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But pull up your root-bound thinking or pick yourself up and go volunteer somewhere. Shift something so that you can replant your thinking yourself in new soil, water yourself with new thinking and people so that your perspective can open up and shift. So that you can transition from one stage to the next, whether that's from me to we or from always giving and now to say it is more time for me, regardless. Right. I love your story, your personal story. You and your husband are living in Italy. You're doing the thing, living the dream, and then tell us what happens. This is beautiful. Uh, It's a great example of what we're talking about. When, which part are you referring to? Right, sorry, the big, the, the first transition. Like, here we are, and then I all of a sudden have an issue with my body, and okay. I have to take okay, a hard one. left. Yeah, that one. You're right, because there are two Italian parts, at least. Right, okay. So, sorry about that. Go ahead. So my husband and I, we, we have three children, but they're all in their 20s. They've launched. And for the past 10 years, uh, leading up to 2015, we had dreamed uh, about launching ourselves and taking a risk and picking ourselves up and moving to Italy. And no one believed we would do it. We hardly believed it, but we did. We figured it out work-wise, and um, we, we moved to Italy for a year. So we had La Dolce Vita. It was awesome. And then I had arthritis. I'm a middleessent. And then I was putting myself on this yoga program, and I tore something horrific in my hip. But here I was on my wonderful gap year repotting in Italy. Um, so I had to figure out what to do. And like a lot of, I will say, women, I dug deep and I said, I'm just going to deal with it. I dealt with a lot of pain for a lot of months. Then I came back and I had a choice to make. I could come back saying it was a great year and now I'm kind of old and I have problems <laughs> with my hip and I can't be so active. Or I could come back and say, hey, we have the technology. We so I had a total hip replacement, <laughs> and I'm back to yoga and hiking and going back to Italy in June. Nice. Oh, I, lo- I love that story. I loved reading it, right, because you didn't get sucked into the, oh, God, I am old, I can't do this, see, I knew I shouldn't have done it, right, which is where a lot of us get stuck, and your book actually helps support us by re- not only reframing uh, ideas that you call toxic Right, like we're too old, we're too this, um, but uh, you know, coming together to really uh, see that that's not necessarily the case. We can do this. We're going to repot ourselves some more when we get back right after these messages. More with Barbara Waxman when we return.
I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered no, no more, more love, love life, life drama, drama for, for us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. I love this topic so much, everybody. It's, it's just a brilliant example of how you take something that's implicit, that's in the culture, and if you don't name it, you're at the effect of it, right? For example, Barbara and I were just talking during the break. Barbara Waxman is joining us, if you're just tuning in. We're talking about her Middle Essence Manifesto. So really renaming midlife, revisiting it, and, and turning it towards uh, a, a more a richer, expanded view of what's really going on. But I was saying to my husband this morning, you know, once upon a time, my career would have been over. Uh, about 30 years ago <laughs> in the media, right? You know, when you're 12, you're too old to be a model, right, in, in, in the old paradigm. And, and Barbara's saying, hey, wait a minute, nix that, let's revisit that. It's not true anymore. Um, we can not only reinvent these stages of life, but we need to also see it, when, see it for what it is when it's happening, Right. So, Barbara, one of the things I asked you during the break to do was help us sort of identify some of the pitfalls or the ways that we can get sucked back into that old paradigm thinking. For example, ageism, um, I can't do this because, and, you know, things that you and your husband faced, oh, we'll never do it, et cetera, uh, and, and how to transition or stay awake uh, and not get caught in those traps. So, first of all, I believe that ageism is going to be the next ism to fall. It's not in anybody's interest to have this continue. When you think about that at middle essence, people at midlife are the ones who are leaders. So, when you mention, you know, old school thinking, you feel like you'd be, quote, over the hill. Uh, I'm 54, and I'm just getting going. There's someone else who hopefully is just getting going, and that's Michelle Obama. Yeah. When they go low, we go high. She is 
what, 53, I think, or maybe 54, and she is clearly at her prime and has an opportunity to really make a difference. Mm -hmm. So what I would say about the issue um, that I really want to point out to listeners is, please, don't put obstacles in your own way. We have bought into a paradigm about I'm too old for fill in the blank that we stop ourselves from trying. When I talk to my kids' friends, and they're in their 20s, about some of these ideas, they are so excited about it. I offer something called the Thriving Quiz, which is 25 questions. Go to my website, barbaraxman.com. I'm happy to share it with anybody. And they want to take it because you know what? We no longer live our lives according to a chronological number. We live according to the stage that we're in, and we all need to understand how to get the best from ourselves so that we can lead a life of meaning, purpose, and happiness. Well, you know, this is probably a rhetorical question, but I'd like to ask it anyway. <laughs> How do you think we got on the train of the age thing? Because I notice it's like asking, are you married? Do you have kids? How old are you? And it's an offensive question anymore. But, but how did that start? Was it propaganda? Is it a way to control people? What do we know about that? What we know, and when I say we, I mean about three people. No one knows this. Is the whole idea of 65 as being old never made sense. Really briefly, when we created Social Security as a country in 1935, what, what drives a lot of the decisions that programs are based on? Economics and the point that we don't really want to pay out to that many people. So a number was chosen, 65 was chosen in 1935, because you know what? Life expectancy was 57. Right. And if 65 was Social Security, then they wouldn't have to pay out so much. But you know what? The number stuck. We've bought into it when it didn't make sense then, and surely all these years later when now life expectancy has increased about 23 years since then, yeah. it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. But our thinking hasn't shifted. Yeah, and there's so much shame and stigma attached with a lot of this jazz that I love that you're saying, hey, no, no, and no, we're not doing that. No, this is what's really going on here. And we, we do have the power to, to take hold of this stage, as you're calling it, of life, redefine it, and, and making it not only mean what it actually means, but celebrating, right, and, and letting go of this. You know, my, my mom is in her... 70s, and the other day it was so adorable. She said, "You know, 70 is the new 30." <laughs> I thought I just love hearing her say that. You know, yeah. because it's it's her way of doing what you're inviting us all to do. To say, "Don't don't tell me what's happening. This is what's happening for me." Right? That's right. The only shift I would make is to say, "70 is the new 70." <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> and 70 is awesome. I mean, it's it's just incredible to think. Yeah about what people are doing. Let me tell you a quick story about Mary who came to a workshop of mine. Uh, it was a small workshop at 15. We were introducing ourselves, and Mary at 78 was clearly the oldest. And she was talking about her life, and she was still working, and she had a boyfriend who actually sent her there to, to the workshop to work on time management because he felt she didn't make enough time for him and she loved to dance. She was awesome. And yet at 78, we all, including myself, to some level, thought, oh, isn't that nice? It's so great that she's here. And at the end of her introduction, she said, I really want to share something with you uh, that's uncomfortable for me, and that is why I'm really here. I'm really here 
because I want to learn how to better communicate. Yes, I'm 78, but I need to learn how to communicate because although my gentleman friend sent me here to learn about time management, I need to know how to tell him I've been seeing someone else. <laughs> and hello, I realized I had ages thinking. That was the last thing I expected to hear. <laughs> That's awesome. Go, Mary. Go, yeah. Mary. <laughs> yeah, these stories are, are more and more common, and I think a lot of folks out there are chuckling because they know it's true. Yeah. You know, it, it's really not about what we think is going on. So um, when we come back, we're going to go to break here in just a little bit. When we come back, um, Barbara, I'm going to ask you to revisit how do we know we're in middle essence and uh, to review uh, what are the things that we can actually do uh, to, to name it and then move forward, uh, including uh, letting folks know where they can get a copy of the Middle Essence Manifesto and so forth. Um, but before we get there, let, let's talk a little bit about um, why all this is really important right now on the planet. We've touched on uh, what's happening in the, in the culture, uh, the political climate, uh, what's happening in our nation, the Western thinking. But I'd like to talk about it in terms of uh, intimate relationship and how that affects our intimate uh, partnerships. Uh, a lot of folks who come to me, I'm a relationship specialist, and over the years, um, the way that we get into relationship often includes the age story, right? We're seeing a trend in older women, quote-unquote, dating younger men. And I cannot tell you the outrage that's going on, including with women. I have one girlfriend, she's in her 50s, she's dating someone who's barely 30. People are dropping her like flies. They think it's disgusting, they think it's awful, et cetera, et cetera. Let's speak to this shift, and what can we do about softening the way that we might look at what's happening? Great, great issue to bring up. Uh, when I had mentioned obstacles, this is an awesome way to remove an obstacle. And sometimes in making a point, people want to go wildly to the other side. So whereas women used to feel like I'm too old to date or I'm uh, too self-conscious to put myself out there, now women are saying, you know what, I'm done with that. In fact, if you look at, uh, and it's not a wonderful statistic, but the divorce rate, it's women in middle essence who are looking at their relationships, their married relationships, I may be ready to move on from this. So I think women are being courageous and making bold choices when it comes to their relationships in every way. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's a lot of, you know, this is really rough on, on men redefining themselves because once upon a time it was kind of I get my cake and eat it too. I notice a lot of my clients are struggling with this. The younger women want younger men and the older women want younger men. You know, this is like a turning of the tides. Not to worry. Don't worry about it. You stay tuned. We're going to talk about that when we get back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. 
proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlife.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlife.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, a fantastic topic. We're fleshing this out with Barbara Waxman. What is middle lessons? What is it as opposed to adolescence, midlife, etc.? It's a stage. We're redefining it. We're shifting the paradigm together. Hey, before the break, Barbara, uh, you and I were talking about uh, in this shift, the changing of the guards, this transition, people are experiencing lots of anxiety and depression. A major demographic of men in particular are experiencing a lot of uh, experiencing high uh, degrees of depression in this transition stage. Their role is becoming um, obsolete in some ways and you know let's bring some clarity into what's possible for these guys right I'm so glad you brought that up uh, a lot of times people think that as a coach in the work I do because there's such a need for women around this they'll say oh do you work with women I say yes and I work with men because it is there's an undercurrent that happens for men and they're not allowed to talk about it yeah. their hormones are changing everyone talks about menopause for women yeah by the way it's a real thing for men, too, but oh, yeah. some of them don't even know it, and it's just not socially acceptable. We can joke about menopause for women now, yeah. but it's still a taboo for men. Yeah. Men go through shifts. Their bodies are morphing like ours are, and they don't know how to deal with it. Women have social networks where we'll talk and we'll share tips, much more so than men. Men oftentimes identify with their role around work and provider. And when that starts to shift or they are burning out, they are lost. They don't know how to deal with it. So there's a lot of pain and suffering for men, and I think that women gain power in adolescence in many ways, and men's power is waning. So there's an opportunity for men and women to reconnect in really wonderfully um, 
deep ways. Yeah, and, and the shifting value is something we were talking about. If we shift our value, like my husband's going through this as well, he's looking at, oh, what does it mean to be a wise man? What does it mean to shift the way that I can be of service in this culture, right? So it's not like a loss of something entirely. It's just a shift of emphasis on where you can be of service and so okay. forth. So, so we're really not um, necessarily just letting go. We're, we're changing the way we're in relationship with the world and ourselves, right? I think about the values you're mentioning as guideposts along our journey. And I say to people, and I actually just wrote a letter to the Obamas. It's available um, on my website, or you can Google it. It's uh, it, it, There are four, out of gratitude I wrote this letter, because they are perhaps our most famous middle lessons, and I'm so excited about what they're going to have to offer. And one of the points was plant your guideposts deeply. And I say this to everybody out there, which is it's a time to reconnect with what is most important to you now yeah. and what will guide you along your path. Yeah. And be as specific as possible. I want to help women and girls with education internationally. You know, be as specific in painting a picture of how you want to have an impact for the next chapter in your life. Not forever, but plant your guideposts. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of us have this story, this transition. A lot of us were calling it, I'm reinventing myself. But, uh, Barbara, what you're inviting us to look at is middle essence is so much bigger than that. It's a whole new developmental stage. It, it's, it's really uh, addressing the complexity of the stage of life, the beauty of it. Uh, you break down a lot of these uh, very specific areas of middle essence in your new book, um, the uh, Middle Essence Manifesto. How can people get a copy of this book? And then let's review again what middle essence actually is so we know if we have it or not. Absolutely. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. Uh, so it's the Middle Lessons Manifesto, uh, easy to get, Kindle edition, and uh, the other edition can be sent to you. And here's how you know if you're a Middle Lesson. Is your body morphing in some way? Probably not in ways you love. Do you have a sense of an identity shift? You are thinking, I'm not young, but I'm certainly not old. Where am I? Are your relationships shifting in some way. It could be becoming an empty nester. It could be a result of people moving away at this stage. It could be caregiving responsibilities. Relationships tend to shift. And there's a sense of urgency in some way um, or a calling, but you don't know really what that is. Those are some of the qualifiers. And if you're between about 45 to 65, but there are many people who say it should be 70, um, then you're a middle lessened. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I also love this book for all the generations surrounding this stage. Uh, I'm thinking of a lot of us who have kids coming back home, a lot of us mm-hmm. middle lessened folks, right? We've got 20-somethings, 30-somethings living with us. Good for them to understand what's happening. You know, my son and I, we've got our, our youngest back at the house, and we share music. Like, he's like, Mom, you got to listen to this great song. I mean, honestly, this is these, these are brand-new sort of ways of being together and in relationships. So these stages of life are not only affecting us, but the other generations around us. Can you speak into that? Yes. 
we used to think of life, and we may have taught this to our children, in three primarily stages or chapters. When you're young, you go to school. There's the largest chunk that's work and family, and then retirement. And that's an old, that's the thinking underlying many of our patterns. But that is not the way we experience life. If you think of a bookshelf, there would be three big books on there. Today's bookshelf has many books with many chapters, and we cycle in and out of them. So, in fact, cross-generationally, we share so much. Millennials and middle essence share a calling for connection in a deep way, mission-based way, to the work we do. Knowing that we live life in stages, not according to our age, will bring people together in the most useful ways um, and help us all. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Thank you for all of this clarification, for birthing and naming this stage of life that I think so many of us, I can feel the relief in it. it the moment I picked up the book, I was like, oh, finally someone's naming this. Yippee. So we're, we're going to head to the top of the hour here. What do you want to leave us with, Barbara? I want people to understand that it's time to draw a line in the sand, name middle essence, in the most positive way to help people know they're not alone, they're supposed to be transitioning. It's like adolescence with wisdom, and there are tools around it. Come to my website, barbarawaxman.com, read the Middle Essence Manifesto, and most importantly, talk to one another, support one another, so we can all be of service to ourselves, our families, and our communities, and the world. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us, Barbara. We're so happy you took time to be with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Everybody sit tight. We'll be right back for our wrap right here on Mary Ann Live. Get a copy of Middle Essence Manifesto while you're at the break. Get a bunch of copies. Hand them out to everybody you know. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back right after these messages. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven for dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm. 
Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Everybody, you're not over the hill. You're in middle essence or wherever you happen to be. Thanks, Barbara Waxman, for joining us today on Marianne Live. Come back anytime and see us. Hey, listen to this rebroadcast on iTunes, on Marianne Live. For more information, go to MarianneLive.com. Uh, next week, Chitan and Corolla, the Book of Destinies. That's what we're going to be talking about right here on Marianne Live. Uh, and don't forget, you know, we've got our free Begin Within app. Uh, available on iTunes under True Love Now. We're so excited that you can download a divination app that my husband and I created to help you kind of drop in and listen to what's next for me, help support you in this process of transition. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. I wish every blessing until next time. And, hey, don't, go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. That's a third part of your practice. We love supporting you. We'll see you next time.